for the 30th of January of this great year of 2024. This is the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup, reading you the news so you don't have to, and in no particular order. Nathan Wade, you know that special prosecutor and former President Donald Trump's 2020 election interference case in Georgia, I know there's a lot to juggle here, so this is that one, reached a temporary agreement in his divorce case, thus avoiding a court hearing where he might have to discuss the juicy details of an alleged romantic relationship between him and Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. Now, Wade's divorce case gained attention when Michael Roman, a defendant in the Trump case, accused Wade and Willis of having an improper romantic relationship. And I'm sitting here going, why does them have a relationship affect what's going on during the trial? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find more about this to find out what the grounds are for it, because I'm kind of sitting here scratching my head going, what does them having a relationship have anything to do with the evidence they're trying to present against the defendant? No idea. But this hearing was supposed to happen this Wednesday, where he was expected to answer questions about his finances and conduct, including allegations of buying flights for himself and Willis before Trump's indictment. Willis was also subpoenaed in the divorce case, but her deposition was delayed until after Wade was going to be questioned. And since that has been temporarily agreed to, to not have to do, it's like it's unlikely she's going to have to do anything in the divorce case, which is ongoing. Meanwhile, Judge Scott McAfee, who is overseeing the 2020 election interference case, has ordered Willis to respond in writing by Friday to Roman's allegations, which were part of a motion to disqualify her from the case. Hey, have you ever had a check given to you and then later on you were told you'd have to repay it? Well, a Delaware judge has nullified a massive $55.8 billion check or pay package, I should say, that was awarded to Elon Musk by Tesla in 2018. And the ruling came after a lawsuit filed by a Tesla shareholder who argued that the compensation was excessive. Yeah, let me say that again. Someone thought a CEO was getting paid too much. Judge Kathleen McCormick found that the Tesla's board's approval of Musk's pay package was deeply flawed, and she ruled that Tesla and Musk's attorneys failed to demonstrate that the stockholder vote on the compensation was fully informed. The judge also noted Musk's significant influence over those negotiating the pay package on behalf of Tesla. The ruling, which can be appealed to the Delaware Supreme Court, has impacted Tesla's stock, contributing to a 3% drop, and this paid deal was actually instrumental in making Musk one of the world's richest individuals, which I would think so. $55 billion would make anybody one of the richest individuals. And over to the Illinois State Board of Elections. Well, they decided to keep former President Donald Trump on the state's primary ballot despite a challenge to his eligibility based on his involvement in the January 6, 2021 Capitol attack. A retired judge and Republican serving as the hearing officer for the board found a preponderance of the evidence suggesting Trump is ineligible to run for president due to a constitutional ban on those who engage in insurrection. However, the officer recommended letting the courts make the final decision. The eight-member board, consisting of four Democrats and four Republicans, unanimously agreed with their lawyer's recommendation to allow Trump to remain on the ballot, and they concluded that the board lacked the authority to determine whether he violated the U.S. Constitution. 
Now, the U.S. Supreme Court will soon hear Trump's appeal of a Colorado ruling that declared him ineligible for the presidency. In this case, will address the application of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, a clause rarely used since its adoption in 1868. Now, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Eamon Penny? Eamon Penny? It's A-I-M-E-N-N. Either way, he's a 20-year-old Ohio man and member of the extremist group White Lives Matter and was sentenced to 18 years in prison for attempting to burn down the Community Church of Chesterland in Ohio. That's a lot of C's. Now, this church was known for its support of the LGBTQ community and had plans to host drag events. And his attack, Penny's attack, involved making and throwing Molotov cocktails at the church on March 25th, but the church only sustained minimal damage. Penny pleaded guilty in October to violating the Church Arson Prevention Act and to using fire and explosives to commit a felony. Authorities found an array of weapons, ammunition, Nazi memorabilia, and extremist literature in Penny's possession. He was also identified as participating in anti-LGBTQ activities prior to the attack and had been radicalized online since at least 2017. Two current and two former Massachusetts State Police troopers, along with two other individuals, were charged in a bribery scheme involving commercial driving tests. The troopers allegedly accepted bribes, including a stowblower and a new driveway. What? Those are what you guys, that's what we're accepting as bribes now? Come on, where's the tons of cash? Now, the scheme, which ran from May 2019 to January 2023, involved falsifying records and giving preferential treatment to at least 17 drivers. The troopers charged are Sergeant Jerry Cedarquist, Trooper Joel Rogers, and retired troopers Calvin Butner and Perry Mendez. They face over 70 counts on various charges, including conspiracy to falsify records, extortion, and making false statements. The other two individuals involved are Eric Matheson and Scott Camara. Now, this next story is graphic in nature, deals with a sexual context, just letting everybody know beforehand so you're not surprised by it. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed a bill into law that expands the legal definition of rape in the state. The new law broadens the definition to include non-consensual anal, oral, and vaginal sexual contact. This change addresses the state's previously limited definition, which defined rape solely as vaginal penetration by a penis. This expansion of the definition was highlighted in the context of the sexual abuse and defamation case brought by writer E. Jean Carroll against former President Donald Trump. In Carroll's case, a jury found Trump responsible for a lesser degree of sexual abuse, not rape, due to the narrow definition of rape in New York penal law at the time. And the change in the law will make it easier for rape victims to prosecute perpetrators and will apply to sexual assaults committed on or after September 1st. Governor Hochul emphasized the difficulties in prosecuting rape under the old definition, noting that it confused jurors, humiliated survivors, and created legal gray areas. Walmart has announced a three-for-one stock split, a move happening as its shares are near an all-time high. The additional shares from this split will be distributed to shareholders recorded as of February 22nd after the market closes on February 23rd. Walmart stock will begin trading on a post-split basis starting February 26th. The decision for a split stock is partly to make it easier for more employees to participate in Walmart's stock purchase plan. CEO Doug McMillan stated that the split aims to encourage employee involvement in the coming years. 
Following this announcement, Walmart shares saw an approximate 1% raise in extended trading. The company has experienced significant growth, particularly in the last year, standing out among its competitors. As the largest grocer in the U.S., Walmart managed to navigate the pressures on discretionary spending better than most of its rivals. In the third quarter, Walmart sales reached $160.8 billion, marking a 5% increase from the previous year. This stock split is Walmart's first in over two decades, with the last two-for-one split occurring in 1999. Remember that year? I was partying like it. Now, this company has a history of 11 two-for-one stock splits, and additionally, Walmart is focusing on enhancing employee benefits and loyalty. It recently announced an increase in store manager wages to an average of $128,000 per year and a revision in its bonus program allowing managers to be eligible for bonuses up to 200% of their base salary. The New York City Council has overridden Mayor Eric Adams' veto and passed a law requiring New York Police Department officers to record the apparent race, gender, and ages of most individuals they stop for questioning. This law aims to bring transparency and accountability to police interactions, especially following a recent incident where a black council member was pulled over without a given reason. Under the new law, NYPD officers must document all investigative encounters, even in low-level situations where the individuals are not necessarily suspected of a crime. This includes recording the circumstances leading to the stop, and the collected data will be publicly available on the police department's website. In addition to this law, the council also overrode a veto on a bill restricting the use of solitary confinement in the city's jails. This law sets a four-hour limit on isolating inmates at risk of violence and requires that inmates in longer-term restrictive housing be allowed out of their cells for 14 hours each day. Brandon Guffey, a South Carolina State House representative, is suing Meta, the parent company of Instagram, following the suicide of his son, Gavin Guffey, who became a victim of sexual extortion. Gavin, who was 17, took his own life in July 2022 after falling prey to a scammer on Instagram who persuaded him to send nude photos and then extorted him for money. After Gavin's death, the family received messages demanding money exchange for the photos, targeting anyone on Gavin's Instagram with the last name Guffy. The lawsuit against Meta alleges that the company does not sufficiently protect underage users from online predators and accuses it of causing various problems in children, including depression and anxiety. Meta responded by stating that teen safety is a priority and highlighted the numerous resources it offers to help young users stay safe. However, Guffey criticizes Meta for not being accountable and for its platforms using algorithms that aggressively target adolescents. Guffey has been actively involved in addressing the issue of sexual extortion. He sponsored legislation known as Gavin's Law, which makes sexual extortion an aggravated felony in certain circumstances. The bill was passed by state senators and signed into law by Governor Henry McMaster. The FBI warns that sextortion is a growing crime, especially targeting underage boys, leading to an alarming increase in suicides. Between October 2021 and March 2023, there were over 13,000 reports of online financial sextortion of minors, resulting in at least 20 suicides. Guffey's lawsuit is part of a broader concern about the harmful effects of social media on children and teens. He urges other parents to fight back against digital companies, criticizing the legal protections such as Section 230 that these companies often use to deflect responsibility for user-generated content on their platforms. 
Toyota and General Motors have issued an urgent warning to owners of approximately 61,000 vehicles, including older models of the Corolla, Matrix, RAV4, and Pontiac Vibe, to stop driving them immediately due to a risk of exploding airbag inflators. The reason they want you to stop? Because these inflators, if they go off, could potentially hurl shrapnel upon deployment. So that's a good reason. The warning specifically covers certain 2003 and 2004 Corolla compact cars and Matrix hatchbacks, as well as 2004 and 5 RAV4 small SUVs. Around 11,000 Pontiac Vibe, that's how many were sold? Huh, okay then. From about 2003 and 4 are also included as they share similarities with the Matrix and were manufactured in the same California factory. The recalled RAV4s have problematic driver airbags, while the Corolla and Matrix models have issues with passenger side airbags. There's also a separate recall for the Corolla and Matrix due to airbags that could deploy without a crash. Owners of these vehicles are advised to avoid driving them and instead contact a local dealer for repairs. Dealers are offering options such as mobile repair, towing to a dealer, or vehicle pickup and delivery. Vehicle owners can check if their car is affected by entering their 17-digit VIN number on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website at nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls. And finally, the Department of Veterans Affairs is planning to expand access to advanced fertility treatments, including in vitro fertilization, to a broader range of veterans using VA medical care. The revised policy aligns with current changes at the DOD mandated by ongoing litigation. The Department of Defense announced it would remove requirements for service members to be married and to use their own gametes to qualify for fertility benefits. Okay, well, now that's another word I have to look up, because what the hell's a gamete? Both the VA and DOD are expected to continue requiring that eligibility for these benefits be limited to individuals whose infertility is due to a serious injury or illness, thus limiting the overall availability of the benefit. And with that... That is the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup. We are back on track, everybody. So I hope your week has been going well, as mine has, because, hey, when you hit bottom, nothing you can do but look but look up and then start to go, wow, that's a long way up there. But, hey, if you just stay in one spot, that's the only view you're going to get. Hey, oh, I, uh, I charge by the hour. <laughs>